Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, countrymen and scouts, you're listening to the Mad Men Recap. Thank you, and you're welcome. My name is Paul. I'm coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. As always, every single time I do it, I've got the doctor with me from Columbus, Ohio. Dr. John, how are you? I'm here. I'm great. You sound amazing tonight. Well, thank you. I feel pretty good. Now, John, you know, usually I like to start off the top of the show with a little bit of a rant. And I will in a moment. But first, to everyone, I'd like to welcome Kate to the studio. Kate, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? You sound amazing. Did you put on a radio voice right there? <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little. Okay. Uh, John? Yeah. Uh, before we jump into the show, I just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, talk to you about a little something. So, uh, listeners, this is just between me and John. Uh, yes. Just give us a minute. Okay. Uh, John, it's come to my attention via uh, many uh, angry uh, uh, listener uh, kind of uh, those iTunes thingies that, that, that we get, the, uh, the iTunes reviews. Yeah, we love the reviews. It gets, it's, it's come to my attention that uh, there's, there's a certain sect of people out there. And I don't know if it's a religious thing. I don't know if it's a political thing. I'm not blaming the Tea Party, John. Haters. Uh, haters, yes. And haters have to hate. And in this case... People are very upset by the fact that I say your name, John, many times throughout the episode. That's true. I've seen that as well. Yep. I don't. I don't understand. I guess it's a, a source of annoyance. It's a so- Oh, oh yes, oh yes. And I, I, I believe, um, yeah, the one I read, the, this, this, this horrible fool was really uh, annoyed by it and easily annoyed. And I feel. I, I hope they have their own blog. Things I'm annoyed by. Everything. It'd just be. There'd be one post, <laughs> and it would be everything. And it would. It, I, I don't think. Lots of followers, no readers. Uh, John. So I thought maybe for tonight's episode, I would refer to you as bananas. Uh, every every time I wanted to uh, say your name, which I will try now not to say. The rest of the show, bananas. I have just one thing to say to that. Okay. That is kittens. That is kittens. <laughs> you are right, bananas. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to try really hard to make this happen. And 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 I'd like to I'd I'd like to just point out that that's the kind of show we are, John. We listen to our audience oh. and we make things happen. Okay. All right. Oh, I already I already screwed it up, didn't I? Bananas? Yep. I think out Pretty of much. It should be Doctor Bananas. Doctor Bananas. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I like that, and that actually helps me because if it's just bananas, then you've eliminated bananas from my entire vocabulary because then it's just confusing. And that's right. bananas. You're right, bananas, Doctor Bananas. Anyway, uh, Doctor Bananas. Here's the here's the thing. I I, I want to get right into the show. Sometimes people don't like the banter. It's already been three minutes, and that's a lifetime. We are going to recap Christmas Waltz tonight, Bananas. Great episode. Oh, really, really oh, like this. One of the best. Your feelings, Kate. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, here's the thing, uh, Bananas. I learned three things this episode. Would you like right. to hear them? Let's hear it. Number one, if you get served papers in the office waiting room, you throw shit. I thought she was going to put out an eye with that. Oh, my God. It was the best. That it was, was the best thing I've It was seen. the best. Here's the thing. That little uh, receptionist girl, like, just, 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 just dumb like a pile of stupid. Oh, like a pile of kittens. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this is hard. I want you to know that. This is the only things as my brain is flipping around in the shell. Uh, if... <laughs> If your husband comes home late and drunk, throw shit. So there was a theme to this episode. There was. It was throwing shit. Mm-hmm. And John last. Ah. Bananas lastly. <laughs> 
If Paul says, quote, John, too many times during this broadcast, you throw shit. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Do we have a bla- like a breaking glass? Uh, oh, I wish know, we had. <laughs> we need a breaking glass sound. Effect, sound. That would be, we have, we have, that a, would be we have a clinkling ice. We have a clinkling <laughs> ice sound. Maybe that'll have to stand in. John. Um, <laughs> you did it again. Uh, the, listen, this is going to be half and half, folks. <laughs> uh, this is real. This is really hard. Try this. You know what, folks? If you're at the office right now, pick the person you talk to most and just trade out their, their name with like a common household item, like maybe microwave or a drinking glass, and see how long you can do it. And please tell us how this experiment goes. Oh, right, right into it. And don't tell them why you're doing it, because that throws the whole thing off. You'll get a bad reading. Am I right? Yeah, you might, you might, stop, uh, yeah. Stop derailing me, Bananas. I want to get into the episode. Yeah. Okay, Christmas Waltz, jump me in. All right. So we start off with a late night phone call. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, we've never seen this before. Mm. Well, we have, but not like this. Lane Price is talking to somebody over in the UK. And here's the thing. At the beginning of this season, we were kind of smacked in the face a couple of times over with Lane and his financial woes. There were comments yeah. regarding his son's school. There were comments regarding his wife being unable to write checks due to lack of available cash. Uh-oh. So there was an issue. Remember? All right. Everybody thought he was stealing that guy's wallet to get the cash out of it. I thought that. You didn't. I didn't. I thought that was... That was anyway. But so that, that was kind of where we were. Lane, not great with the money. He disappeared for a while after his, uh, his beatdown, uh, maybe to go take some boxing lessons, and then... He, uh, he reemerges to be on the phone with a gentleman from England, and they're talking about his financial woes. He thought he was going to get off of whatever this giant debt was that he owes. Mm-hmm. And the guy on the other end is like, look, I got it worked out. All you got to do, send me eight grand in two days, and you're good. Now, I don't know about you, if I heard that kind of... By the way, if you go on uh, uh, the website and punch that into a calculator, mm-hmm. that's $2.9 million in today's money. Is that right? That is that is a ton of money. My goodness. So, and who does he owe this money to? The Queen. Her Majesty. <laughs> yeah, no. Am I wrong? Is this like a, a, a taxes kind of thing? Yeah. It's not like a debt, like he doesn't have a credit card debt or... No, no, no. It's it's taxes. He, oh. they, they talk about how he's an expatriate and they want to make an example out of him. Um, and when you owe the monarchy, the monarchy don't... Don't don't play that. Well, the monarchy throws shit. Yeah, well, yeah. We'd, hate, we'd hate for it to come to that. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, this, this vexes Lane mightily. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do. The lovely Rebecca walks in after the phone call, and he gets a little snappy. Go back to sleep! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's always the great way to diffuse a situation. That's what I do, John. I mean, it, it, honestly, I felt like he was uh, going to, to throw shit. So. I thought it was, And he almost did. And he almost did. Mm. Anyway, uh, so uh, he's a little flustered, and uh, we head into the office, John. We yeah, get, we see we, Crane's got a new secretary. He does. He, he probably fired the last one, or she probably quit or killed herself. We'll never know. Uh, he's trying to watch TV. He's balancing the rabbit ears. He can't get anything to come in, John. You can't, you can't get, get reception buried in the center of the office like that. He didn't even have a window. You know what I'm saying? This is the head of media. What? And he's got a beam in his office. Oh, man, that's the worst. You and know what? I, I wanted to point this out. And it, Wait, where's the cannon? Oh, there's right the cannon. There. Oh, there's the cannon. <laughs> there it is. Pointing there right is. at us. Yeah, he, does, he has a... 
Uh, I'd like to point out how scuffed up that beam is, as if like you, it's impossible to move a desk in there. Right. I just thought it was a nice touch. Because, um, John, uh, we, we, we then hear Lane coming to Colin, um, and uh, he comes in to talk to uh, Harry, Christian, and, uh, and he asks for the, uh, the, uh, the year prospects. What would you call that? The projections, yes, the projections projection. for the year. Yeah, uh, uh, Harry says, "Listen, their projections. Of course, they look good because Lane is like, oh, these are he's looking, he's looking nice." And uh, and so uh, he tries to take the copy and uh, and he walks out. And we all know this is Lane's. Lane's trying to get a handle on uh, how, how much money the company is going to have because he needs that. What is it? Seventy-five million dollars in today's money um, by like Thursday, John. Bananas. Right, two days. Two days is impossible. So, so that's it. Yep. Then, John, I'm sorry. I, that's people, all right. I'm, I, I, have, I have someone next to me who complains about how long the show is. Oh. And I'm going to. Well. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. Three under a bus. <laughs> oh, there's the bus. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to try to be swift, it's, if that's it's okay. It's just that sometimes you linger when, not, when it's not necessary. I, I think most of it is just the mailbag because you do have a mailbag that's the size of, of Santa's. Our mailbag, so. our mailbag is swollen, yeah. and it's just a good thing John's a doctor. <laughs> he knows where to touch it to see if it's okay, <laughs> right? Anywho, uh, we then see uh, Lane at the um, at at the banker's office with his buddy. His name is John Bananas. No, yeah, no name. Oh, we didn't get yes. No, his name was like Walt. Oh, I, I didn't catch that. Name, I believe his name was Walt. Listeners, you, right. you can write in with a triumphant answer. He's wearing a answer. very festive Christmas vest. Yes. Say. Yes. Yes, he's very Christmassy. Do you think the inside of that vest is an advent calendar? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. It must be. It must be. I like how the tie has no chance mm, of no. going with anything else he has no. on. They're, they're, they're different parties, this outfit. Well, and let's, we're in a different time. We're in a very fashion-confused time, are we not? <laughs> I mean, because you, 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 you can tell me maybe better, but was not the, the print monster just throwing up on everything? <laughs> well, on anything that, uh, what's his name owns? That could hold the print. Oh, that Harry owns? No. Uh, my God, why is my mind blanking? Oh, it's okay. The new guy. Oh, right. Ginzo. Ginsburg. Ginzo. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. The guinea. Oh, no! Wow. Mm, that's not right. I'll cut that out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit that out because it's not what I was saying. Moving on. Uh, so Lane asks for a $50,000 line of extension credit. And this guy, who I think may be brain dead, and I think his name is Walt. I think Walt may be brain dead. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But he was like, How is, how's next year looking? And Lane goes, well, nobody pays on time. And this guy's like, yeah, okay then. <laughs> right, yeah, that was... Yeah. Like, All right, great business. Okay, hey, hey, Lane, what are, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, I love Manhattan. We're going to stay here. Can you do that today? And then this guy's like, yeah, yeah, all right. I'm going to Florida. I want to fly, but I think we're going to drive. <laughs> was, this, was this guy all right? Well, I, I mean, if drinking. you look at the bottle, he's about halfway through yeah. already on his own. Oh, you think uh, people are leaving a bit early for Christmas if you... you it's got to be stuff. a lonely job in the bank, right? Oh, no, John. Banks are a lot more fun than people think. It's really? a party. Oh, it's a party. There's all that money there. How can it not be fun? Have you ever, He's just rolling around in it. Have in you back. ever been um, in the presence of a stack of money that, and it hasn't been a fun time? Oh, that's a good point. Thank you. No. 
And you are right. We'll, we'll vindicate you right now. It is, in fact, Walt Jarvis. That's right, Our pal. good friend at the banker. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, somebody's trying. And maybe well, his name's Paul. Here's what I thought was pretty funny is uh, the next scene, we're in the office. It's all decked out for Christmas. Very nice. Sure. Pete grabs Don and Roger, and he says, hey, guys, Cooper's office. And I was, wait, what? You know, Cooper does And they go to the bathroom. I thought that was hysterical. Wait, is that? Oh, I didn't catch that. Wait, well, I was, oh, you're right. That's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I know, I thought, I didn't realize that was the bathroom. I thought that was like just the, oh, right, because Cooper doesn't have an office. Right, exactly. Oh, oh John, honest. <laughs> oh, you can't combine them two. I'm not going to be Jananas. Jananas. That, that might be easier, Jananas. Uh, so, uh, so uh, Pete brings up the fact that he's got the Jagger back. Yeah, because um, the guy that we met, he uh, he had another embarrassing incident, as think, Roger referred to him, Bazooka Joe. Involving two. Bazo- that was, that I was, was going to say Bazooka pubes. Oh. Is that not? That's that doesn't roll off the no. tongue though, does it? Okay. Uh, and I mean, that's pretty much all that's about. Don's, I mean, Don's not that excited about it. The other agencies that are in the running don't have a car either. So we get the impression that all the agencies are kind of going to bring their full, their full force power to this as well. Um, when Pete even says that they're the smallest of the ones in the running. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fight, but you know, just cause you're the smallest doesn't mean you're not the best, John. I want to. Wanna, that's right. Uh, it may be tiny, but that little bit is power packed. Oh, now one one thing that we missed uh, er, earlier when we were in uh, Crane's office is that uh, his secretary was letting him know that uh, Paul Kinsey keeps calling and uh, threatens to drop in. So we see in this next scene that uh, Harry relents and uh, goes to meet the great Paul Kinsey. Uh, this is uh, altogether uh, not, uh, not his amazing. best look. No. I d- Actually, I, I might disagree. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. There is, there is no beard. The beard is gone. Um, he looks, he looks a little fatter. He does. Um, and I don't know if the little pony, t- the little shaved ponytail is working for him. <laughs> now, uh, folks, as you know, I look like Paul Giamatti. This is the only haircut I could possibly do at this stage. Uh, I think, I think mine might be a little lower down the, the back of my head, but I'm thinking about trying it out. Kate. Um. Sure. Thanks for the support. Oh. Thanks for the support, guys. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, he turns around, and I, I don't know if he was... This felt very Oprah-esque to me. He's like, as I live and breathe, <laughs> Harry you, you, Crane, Gale. I don't know. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was just really... I mean, here's the thing. He is really lame. He's like the douchiest human on the planet. Now, which one are we talking about? I know, right? Actually, Paul Kinsey. If, 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 okay. Okay. He makes Crane look like the coolest guy in the room. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. It's, well, in this room. In this room, it's not, it's not <laughs> too hard. Most, most of these guys are nearly brain dead. And we find out what this room is. This is actually a little gathering of the Harry Krishnas. John, will you tell... No, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I, I knew the Harry Krishnas were some kind of religious sect or cult or whatever you want to call it. Um, believe it or not, here in Manhattan, and I don't know if it's still there, but on like... Is it like is it like third third it's down the Lower East Side? Is it like St. Mark's? No, it's there? it's like it's down just above Houston on like. Uh, on Do what you is remember that? seeing a Harry Krishna? I remember. I'm sorry, this is stupid, folks. I'm sorry, but there's a Harry Krishna. I mean, probably people do everything here. It's true. Lower East Side, I believe it's still there. There's a Harry Krishna, like I don't know, place just like this, and and believe it or not, you can walk by and hear them chanting. 
So, wow. Yeah, look it up if you're interested. I'm sorry. I, I That's derailed okay. us. Uh, it's been around forever, literally, like the, the 1500s, but the, uh, it, it was really popularized in the 60s. Uh, there was a big-time devotee named Prabhubada, mm-hmm. and he, apparently, according to our good friends at Wiki, they said he, uh, he circled the globe 14 times in the last 11 years of his life to spread the word. Oh. However, the Hare Krishnas were often confused with the hippies that also came in the later 60s. And apparently this is erroneous, as the groups are very different, uh, specifically with the Hare Krishnas having a very strict abs- absten- abstinence from intoxicants, including marijuana. Oh, sure. So, so no drugs, no booze. And that's why it was so surprising when uh, our friend gets to ask for the booze later on. But we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Uh, so what did you think of this, this whole interaction? I mean, do you guys do this much with the chanting? Is this just a New York thing? So, yeah. So Kate and I, uh, we try out a new cult every week. Uh, There's a lot to choose from. Well, wow. it's exhausting. I'll tell you that right now. And all these chants, the, the learning of the chants and what we're not allowed to do, um, it's tough. We haven't found the right one yet. No. But, but, you know, we're feeling positive about it, John. <laughs> There's a, lot, good. there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot to sample. We should try to look upstate. I think there's a lot of cold. Oh, upstate. yeah, yeah. We want to live in like a barn with yeah. like a co-op of people. Maybe that... there'll be an apocalyptic blackout. I just I don't, don't want to take showers anymore. No. Yeah. John, uh, here's, the, here's, here's the other thing I want you to, <laughs> I want you to uh, just, just give me your read on. So uh, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's the girl's name? The greasy girl? Yeah, Mother Lakshmi. Mother Lakshmi. Now tell me... Tell me for the first time you saw her, you you weren't you weren't hoping that she was uh, Juliet Lewis. She she looks like Juliet Lewis's younger sister. Yeah. yeah. And and who would be better for this role? I mean, to just <laughs> to just make it sing, than Juliet Lewis. For real. The only issue is, um, uh, uh, she's she may be a little too old. Right. But I would have right. looked past that. <laughs> so, anyways, apparently the the whole point of this is that they, you know, they they reach they chant the name of Hare Krishna, the the, the divine power, the God, mm-hmm. and that that clears the mind, that puts you at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, did you try it, gives, it? Did you try it this week? Did I try it, Hare Krishna? No, just chanting his name, see if it would clear your head. Well, I just I kept stumbling over the name, Harry Krishna. Yeah, that really got me. What were you saying? Mary Dishna. I, Damn it. Yeah, I'd leave off a letter. Sure. So anyways, but that, that, I guess that's the whole, that, that's really a big point of this is to, the, the chants are just the name and you're trying to clear the mind. I gotcha. I gotcha, John. Well, I'll tell you who has an easy time clearing his mind. Gary yep. Crane, as it were. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he kneels down. He's a little apprehensive at first, but then once the, once the leader guy comes out, um, it really takes off. Now, um, uh, what's the what's the girl's name again? Lakshmi. Mama Lakshmi. Mama Lakshmi. <laughs> is like is like whispering the words in Crane's ears in a, in a, in, a, in a slightly erotic way, John. Okay. Did you did you not get that feeling? No, I got the feeling. It's just you know the uh, the overabundance of grease and sweat in the hair kind of took mm. away from the yes. She is a dirty girl, as it's as 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 it were, and not in the fun way. No, in wow! The, literally, just the filth in the filthy way, John. <laughs> I mean, just straight up and out. I, I'm sorry. I'm 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 not trying to be provocative. Not dirty with an eye, dirty with a U. Well, it's great because what? they wind up. <laughs> what? 
they wind they wind up transitioning perfectly from this creepy girl to Pete coming through a door. I know. And so you go, you go creep to creep, and here we are in the meeting room with the partners minus a drunk Roger who started drinking. Oh, this is what gives us our time frame. Yeah. Uh, we, it, we're uh, we're Pearl Harbor Day, so December seventh, nineteen sixty six. Well done. Roger's drunk, and we're talking boardroom meeting stuff. Pete comes in. He's got he's got his own agenda always. It's to spread the word of Jaguar. But but Lane has some interesting news. We find out he, how he's going to take care of his situation. He has now um, asked for this line of credit, and he's going to use that line of credit to give the office Christmas bonuses. Right. And so he can give himself the money, and then he can uh, send it off, and he won't go to jail. But it turns out that the rest of the partners want to wait until, you know, like, right at Christmas. Right. And this is what I didn't understand. Don makes this uh, saying, I, somebody's not going to be happy and he doesn't want to have to look at her. Well, because, you know, I mean, the, the lower staff are going to get, you know, relatively small bonuses. I think he means Peggy. Uh, or, 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 or Dawn. Or, or Dawn, yeah. All right. And he's got to look at her all the time. Anywho. So, uh, so they want to wait. Uh, Lane, Lane is none too happy about this, and kind of he kind of blows the stack a little bit. Um, but um, they kind of work it all out. Pete is more concerned about people not giving, showing the appreciation that uh, that he believes he deserves for Jaguar. Uh, we then head out into the uh, into the office, as it were, where uh, uh, Roger uh, is talking to. Uh, I guess that's Crane's secretary about how you know he doesn't want to say it, but uh, Pearl Harbor, that was crazy. That was that was that was pretty well done. <laughs> mm, okay, uh, the Japs, as he says it. Uh, well, they didn't expect to win. They didn't expect to win, and then they did, and they didn't know what to do with it. I like you like the crazy hair. I mean, he's just well, he's out of sorts. He took a nap, and then he put on his Hawaiian shirt. And he's, is he going to a party? I th- well, just... I think he was at a party all day. Mm. At, 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 in his office, yes. Oh. Not so fun. Or it can be really fun. <laughs> uh, he goes in and talks to Joan, tells her, we're guessing for the hundredth time, that he's had, a, he's had an experience. She's like, okay, great. <laughs> he tells her, you know, that he's fully willing to support the kid all through college and whatnot. You know, Jane's not going to take all the money. Everything's cool. And she's like, you know what, man? eat it now what do, what do you think is this because joan didn't get him i mean where's the animosity is is she why is she not more welcoming to this i think she's just tired of i mean he's he hits on every girl in the office yeah. he doesn't you know it's like he doesn't really he's care kind of about a, he's her kind of a sad sorry sack right now he's going through a tough time as it as, as it as it may now, be now this is pre her being served with divorce papers so maybe uh. had this happened after oh. she would have been a little bit more receptive to his offerings. Oh yeah, just kind of, kind of needs someone. Yeah, to, yeah, this is true. So, banana, your thoughts? I'm just more excited to get to the rest of the Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna. They are going crazy. Mm-hmm. And the uh, even Crane doesn't even know when to stop. He's sweating. He, he's sweating. Who knew that it could be that intense? Mm-hmm. And I, I do. I, I think that the uh, the guy, the leader there, is supposed to be this guy, the guy that does the you know trips around the world, the big man. They do mention his name. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's who this is supposed to be—the guy that really just brought it to the world. He's charismatic. I, 
I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, um, and you can see that, yeah, Crane is, for some reason, taken with really anyone that's going to pay him attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and was hoping that they'd go out. But no, they're going to go out and get dinner. He and our good friend, Paul Kinsey. Paul Kinsey uh, immediately uh, starts off with that he, uh, he needs to make some money. Uh, he loves Mama Lakshmi, and he needs to get her out of there because he doesn't want to share. And uh, she's a runaway. We find out she's a drug addict and, and a, prostitute. a part-time prostitute. Hook her with a heart of gold. No, though, this was former. This was way this long was ago. She found the Krishna. Well, I mean, but yeah, I it's mean, been it's been weeks. Okay, <laughs> so you don't. So she's not. I don't. Okay, but she she still was a prostitute. Right. And we're not saying that there's anything wrong with that here on the Mad Men Recap. Listen, we have a lot of prostitutes that listen to the show. World's oldest profession. And we are very happy that you listen. You guys are our favorites. Thank you for listening. Unless you're, of course, as always, you're a French prostitute or uh, if you're Carl. <laughs> uh, so uh, they, they go to, they go to uh, get out of the cab and... Uh, uh, Harry's like, listen, man, I'm not going to give you a job, and uh, he says that's not. He says that's that's not what I'm asking. Money solves problems today, not tomorrow, which I have taken to heart, John. Well, it just depends on how much money. We then find ourselves at this unbelievably obnoxious play that Megan has dra- drug done, <laughs> dragged that Megan has dragged it. <laughs> Don too. Uh, this is one of those. Uh, this feels like a, one of those like a '60s deconstruction yeah. of a story. Story. John, I, I noticed they they flashed the name of the play up on the screen for a second. Do you have yeah. any? Uh, do you have any info behind that? Yeah. Apparently, this was a huge deal. This was the America Hurrah, and it was off Broadway at the Pocket Theater in New York City. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning in November of 66, so it would have only been a month old at this time. Okay. In the off-Broadway location. Uh, had 640 performances in New York before traveling internationally to Sydney and the Royal Court Theater in London. Oh, my. But this, is, um, this was kind of caught a lot of people by surprise because it was a kind of an anti-war. You know, it wasn't really like America Hurrah. It was kind of... You know, going against some of the right the war stuff, and so was it also it was going a, against consumerism at all? Seemed to be. Oh, yeah. Apparently, uh, um, the part we saw, the advertising, not so good because it made you sick. Yeah, yeah, it makes me sick too, John. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> Don is none too uh, thrilled about all this, and Megan can kind of tell this is going on. They get home from the play, and. Uh, I don't know. Don just seems to be very like, why do we got to be doing this? Huh? Huh? Because to be fair, that same advertising that makes that guy sick in the play is uh, what bought this apartment. Yeah. And, and, all, and her dress. And the dress. And, and the all tickets the to the play. And the wall and dinner right. for their friends and the whatnot and the hey, hey, John. So uh, maybe <laughs> you, shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be dogging on it. And, and uh, you know, she says, hey, you dog on acting all the time, pal, and you think it's hilarious. And he's like, well, you know, I just don't like to be insulted before I pick up the bill. And, hey, I'm with Don on this one. Listen, we don't all get to be, uh, you know, doing 
all the good for the world that we'd love to do. Am I right, John? Well, not well, only that. Except for you. You're a, you're, I mean, banana. <laughs> a Am I right, banana? You're a doctor. Well, that's right. But I, what I also think is going on is that with, uh, with Megan, you know, she, she loves acting. And so she turned her back on what he loves to go do it. Uh-huh. And so I don't. I, I guess he probably feels like he doesn't need to necessarily embrace that world, just as she has rejected his. I don't know why. Um, why he's so miffed about it? I mean, so she doesn't want to do it. No, no, it, I don't think he's miffed about that. She doesn't want to do it necessarily. I just don't think he really cares for that kind of art. Oh well, I mean, to be fair, who does? <laughs> Am I right? That play looks so boring. I mean, I'd kill myself. Right, I'm kind of right there with Don. Oh I'm my like, god! Really? Get a job. I, I if anybody's that. seen that, I'd like to hear some reviews. Because oh, I mean, to be fair, we only saw a minute. You know, so oh. maybe the rest of it was better. I'm sure it's so good, John. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no, no, it opened my eyes to just you know the world stuff. You yeah. know about how how to think differently about stuff. you know plastics. <laughs> oh my god! Seriously. Get over yourself, John. We're then uh, at the diner with uh, Kinsey and Crane. And long story short, Kinsey has written an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> now, he's he's ahead of his time, my friend. This was this was year one. The first time Star Trek had seen the world was '66. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and uh, like Crane had legitimate concerns. You know, is this really going to be around? And uh, to those concerns, it only lasted three years. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the mega hit that we uh, we we seem to remember it being. Right, but uh, but yeah, he, he, right. and do you remember the name of the the show he has written? Oh, the Negron Complex. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, after after Crane explains it, it literally sounds like the dumbest <laughs> the dumbest episode ever written. Uh, and that's saying a lot, since it was in fact Star Trek. This is true. That show was dumb. That's right, folks. I said Star Trek was dumb. Get over it. Uh, here's the thing. He, he, he's asking Crane to pretty much give this to the higher-ups in NBC. I feel like I would have been like, hey, pal, could you read this and tell me if it doesn't suck? And then maybe when he comes back and says yes or no, I'd say, could we give it to somebody at the end? But no. <laughs> but no. But no, uh, he, he says it should be the lead episode for next season. He's confident in what he's doing. You'd he, like to see that. He is, well, he should be confident. He's got some gold shit. And I don't know if he just spilled mustard on his face or what. No, they all have that. Yeah, yeah they all have that. Yeah, yeah. well, apparently there, there was a mustard <laughs> explosion. Um, and, he, and he's not only wearing a, a mustard explosion, but he's got some kind of a turtleneck and tunic on? Or, yeah, I, it's, a, I mean, tunic. it's the 60s, so the tunic, you know, the turtleneck. You, you could just do whatever you want yeah, it to be. I, it does look, it's a little holy. It looks like he hasn't washed it in, in, in years. And the thing is, I was told that turtleneck used to be white. I think in the vernacular, they would call that a fail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. yes, obviously. Uh, so uh, Crane tries to not take it, but uh, he feels like he kind of has to. He obviously feels a bit sorry for Kinsey. We then, we then find ourselves uh, in, in a dark and silent office. Criminal acts are like taking somebody, place. Uh, one of our writers actually called this a, a little bit uh, "Catch Me If You Can." Yes, the DiCaprio movie. I thought that was pretty well played. Well, yeah, I mean, but to be fair, he will be caught. Um, and I don't think DiCaprio had a light box. 
<laughs> this is I, a little bit uh, more pro. That's know. right. That's right. He yeah. So, and I can you explain to me exactly? So, does Don have to sign everybody's check? I know, John. Uh, we don't live in the in in in, in the era of uh, uh, you know uh, check signings. I mean, we get direct deposits, the whatnot, the hey. But I believe many companies back in this time, the um, you know either, either the the owner or the president or I'm guessing the vice Harder president of the company, yeah, something. would sign your check every week. Wow. Okay. I seem not. I could be wrong, but I seem to remember our dad, who listens to the show. Hey, dad. Uh, once kind of making a reference to that when we were little, you know, that the boss signs the check. I could be way off here, but I think this is. I think this is very true. I think this is accurate. Well, obviously it's accurate, but you know, you know what I'm saying. I think it was right. a common occurrence. Okay. So, um, so the boss ch- signs the check, which makes it valid. Now, for let's, you to go. Cash. Speaking of valid, uh, somebody's got a shaky hand, and I think it's going to be pretty obvious um, when they pull these checks out that uh, that Don did not sign it. Well, but who's going to pull the checks out? I mean, that's the only copy. It's not like there's a, you know, a, a carbon copy. Well, you're right. That is the only copy. Well, right, but... It's almost like this, this money just sort of disappears. Well, isn't it going to be copied... Um, no, I don't know. Did checks get sent back to you for reference? I mean, I have no idea. I just know we took that whole sheet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like uh, th- still uh, they're they're gonna they would be able to compare. Th- I don't know. He's gonna get caught. Let's just move on from there. Am I right? Fair, fair, <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, we then are in the next morning, and Crane comes in, and he's got the script, and he hands it to Peg- Pegasus, and says, uh, "Would you take a look at this, uh, Kinsey?" Kinsey wrote it, and he also asked Peggy if they, um, before they hired Ginzo, if they, um, if they interviewed Kinsey. And uh, Pegasus makes a joke about him literally being in every firm uh, in New York and then working at the A&P for a while, which was, which was cruel. But we know that Pegasus is. She's a, she's a tough bitch, as it were. No, but this was a great scene. She is honest with him and says, look, you know, you want to do what's good for your friend. Uh-huh. Tell him the truth. It's not good. And when he said, look, you worked really hard on it, mm-hmm. then don't do this. You know, this isn't your thing. And that's, you know, that's hard, but I think that's showing how good Peggy is at just starting to call it like it is. I believe I would just, I would ask Peggy to just go talk to him for me. Because <laughs> she's heartless. Uh, we're then all of a sudden in Don's office where he's taking a nap. I don't know. He's just not feeling good about that. You know, he's just, I don't know. He's lost his spark. He's not as, doing anything. Yeah. Um, and Pete comes in and says, I just... I just just drove a Mach three, not really, because I can't drive a stick. Good God! Why why do you see he even admit to this stuff? Like he like he needs to look any more of a weenie in front of Don. I mean, first <laughs> Don has to come over and fix the, his sink for him, oh. and then uh, and then he has to come in and tell Don he can't drive a stick. Like does does he is is he have any self worth left? Oh my no, God! No, that was I an guess, easy question. You know no. what, John? Though the high schools hasn't left out, have got off yet, so I guess he has a few minutes to talk he to probably Don. Probably took that Mach three for a spin around the high school. This you is know, true. See if any uh, little girlies. Yeah, with maybe, daddy issues are hanging out. Home. See, sure. he he would have had to ask the test driver to do yeah. the spin around the school. Um, excuse me, could you take me to uh, the local high school? You know, the ones where the girls have low self esteem. Uh, <laughs> Was that yeah. your Pete Every Campbell? Every high school. That was my Pete Campbell. That's what I think he should sound like. <laughs> uh, anyway, he tells John that he should go uh, test drive a Jaguar. And uh, that, hey, you should take Megan. Do See how they handle a couple. 
And um, Don says, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Well, they just had that fight the night before. And exactly. Just, that or they get that. What? Oh, did we skip the... F- no. They had, no, no. Oh, they right. They had, like, little tips. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. little tips. Are, things, are, things are going bad, but they're not as, you know, blissful as... A little epic. tension. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pete says, you know, I don't understand. If I had come to you six months ago and said I got a, I got a the Jaguar, you would have you kissed me on the mouth. And uh, Don says, well, uh, well, maybe we should go as a couple then, huh? Bam, how's that for some snark? That's right. Yeah, that guy needs some snark. I don't know why Don doesn't hit him. I feel like Don could kill him with it. Don would kill him, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know Just what? one fell. There is It'd go not, right through his chest. There's there not a, a jury alive that would convict, John. <laughs> we then find ourselves in... Uh, Price's, I'm sorry, Price's office, uh, he's talking to his uh, account man uh, across the pond, and he says that, you know what, all right, we've, we've, we've gotten you out of this, the funds are available, there we go, and there, oh, there it is. And he says, now about my fee. And Price is like, for Christ's sake, man. And says, okay, after the holiday, next talking to you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. We then, uh, we then uh, flash to Here we go. Uh, Joan's office. Where Here we go. Where yes. um, one, one, of the, one of the girls comes in and says, hey, they, you've got a delivery out front. Um, we, we see the receptionist out front, seriously, reading Marmaduke. <laughs> More like Marmadon't. Uh, and there's a guy sitting out there, and she says, uh, he says, are you, are you Jonah Holloway? She says, yes. And he's like, you've been served. No, no, Harris. Still or Harris. Joan Harris. I'm sorry, Joan Harris. Uh, That's you've all right. Been served. I was hoping they would have gotten Nick Cannon to play this oh. because he had a show on MTV called Served. <laughs> anyway, one uh, percent. And so she is at least a little bit more than upset and starts yelling at that stupid receptionist girl. And I love it. it's like, what did he tell you? And she's like, I don't remember everything people say to me. <laughs> yeah, that was. What are you talking about, man? He was just came in. Like he couldn't have been there more than ten minutes. You don't remember? <laughs> oh my god I loved it and then she goes and uh, oh he said he had a surprise for you and she's like here's a surprise whack and throws that plane on her desk there's a plane on your desk <laughs> oh my god that was so great oh, I don't know why gosh. she didn't fire that girl then that would have been she even was better. the authority right oh yeah she'd fire whoever she wants I would have been that would have been so great I would remember she fired a couple episodes ago she fired Lane Price's secretary that was a while ago, but yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was, yeah, that was uh, that that was more just global incompetence. This is just her being mad at a situation that she can't control. Let me tell you, Christina Hendricks played this perfectly, very captivating, well done. Yeah, she goes from mad to you know helpless, and he goes to you know this was just uh, it, it's nice. They're friends, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. sort of. No, there's it's, always uh, there's always been a a a a a, a friendliness. Uh, like a genuine friendliness between uh, John, uh, Joan, and John Ham. I'm sorry, Don. Okay, just just making sure you're paying attention, folks. Come on. Um, and uh, Don kind of pulls her away before she can stab the receptionist, and they go out to the elevators. He's like, "Let's get out of here." She says, "It's too early for lunch, and I don't even have my coat." And he puts his coat on her, and they head out, um, which is probably a good move because you do not want to go back in there and strangle that little girl to death. We find ourselves at the Jaguar dealerships, John. Now, this is my favorite scene of the episode. We see, and, and you know, I wonder if this was even the Mark III because uh, they don't show a wide shot of it. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know that car. 
Um, but uh, I don't know how you could get through the 60s without showing uh, what, what the dealer says is the most beautiful color, car ever made and what I think um, mankind <laughs> agrees. Um, the Jaguar E-Type is the most beautiful car you can get, folks. I recommend, you know what, college kid for the uh, college fund for the kids? No, I don't need it. Dump it. Go buy one of these and have it restored. I'm serious. Um, one thing I'd like to point out. Uh, usually when you see an E-Type, and to be fair, I saw one just in Manhattan like two weeks ago driving down the street. I vomited. It's so beautiful. Wow. Um, but well, usually... cars driving around all sides of it so that nobody ran into it? No, I feel like you no, would need to run no, through exactly. like motorcade. Why would you drive that through Midtown? Anyway... Uh, normally when these cars are shown, it's, it's I, I very rarely see a coupe or a non-convertible version of this car. Yep. And in the showroom here, they have two coupes, and I'll tell you why. Because the coupe of the E-Type is hands down the most amazing version of it. The convertible is like all convertibles. Convertibles ruin car design. But the coupe, good God, what I wouldn't give. And these two that they got in there, beautiful. And you have to go with the iconic red because that car was made for and that red. And in 1966, red. it could be yours for the price of what? $6,000? $5,800. Oh, my God. John, how's that time machine coming? <laughs> well, actually, I'm looking right now. Uh, there's a couple of E-types available for ten grand. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about classic cars, folks. Um, they, they don't hold their value like you might think. Now, the ones you're probably seeing for ten grand are not completely restored. I'm not at all. No. And they're all convertibles. They're probably dumping. Yeah. And exactly. You see what I'm saying? They made no, many wait, more one, convertibles. One coupe. One coupe for 8000 If you can get your hands on a coupe, folks, and then put, I don't know, 20 grand into refurbishing it, you will be the, <laughs> you will be the, the happiest you've ever been. Anyway. Sorry, I, that was I really did look this up. So the, the six grand he wrote, that is a $42,000 check. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Um, but it's an impressive car, and it was worth every penny. Um, and that was the only way the two of them could go on the car. This guy would not let them out, and I don't blame him. You know, <laughs> right? So if, if, if you go to uh, a minute 26, second 13, uh, you see that you get a beautiful side view of the car. The most awesome thing about this car is that the hood opens back over back over the front of the car? You know, so usually when you open a hood, it kind of it, it kind of goes right up, up over front. the over the windshield. You know, yeah. This this car, that massive hood, the whole thing opens up the other direction. So towards the headlights. Toward the head, so those headlights go down. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing opens. It's 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 absolutely incredible. But I but I will say this. Cooper's right. It's a lemon of a car. You can't keep that thing running. It's a mess. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's all right. You like the cars. You're into the cars. Well, you know, here's the thing, folks. If it hasn't been mentioned, I was an industri- I'm an industrial designer by trade, and uh, it's tough to get it's tough to get through college without uh, without doing a lot of car talk. So uh, so there there that is. Uh, we uh, Don and Joan uh, take the car, and uh, they 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 look like they're in a lovely bar for the afternoon. We don't know where. But it, but it looks lovely. Uh, they're having a little lunch. They're having a few drinks. And, you know, Don is just kind of kind of helping her out. Let's talk this out. Let's use some pronouns. Let's use some verbs. Let's use some <laughs> adjectives. Figure it out. But so what we find out is what we, you know, already pretty much figured. 
that she got to serve papers for divorce from Dr. Harris. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly this is why she flipped out. You know, her personal life hasn't really gone anything like she had hoped. Her professional life was the area where she had some control. And just like she says, he took that away by bringing those papers in, and hence her little outburst. Yep. But Don Don says something which I think uh, you don't usually hear. Uh, he says, well, you know what? Congratulations on the divorce. Because if it gets that bad, it's really the only thing you can do. And I mean, in, in, in his experience, it's completely true. Absolutely. And I, I, was, uh, I was reading that at this time, the divorce rate was in the 20s. So it's not like it was zero. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not, you know, it was, it was about a little under half of what it is today. Okay. okay. So it's just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't unheard of. You know, clearly we, we had the, uh, uh, we had uh, Glenn's mother from the first couple seasons, you know, mm-hmm. and Don and Joan, and you know, we're seeing it. Roger, it's not, uh, it's not uncommon by any means, but it still wasn't, I think, as widely, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of accepted today. This is how well, things go. And for Joan, being a, a, a single mother now, it certainly is um, more difficult. Obviously, it's going to be much more difficult for her than Don. Uh, you know, Don didn't have to take the kids. and uh, Well, he got another lady pretty quick after well, he's the last Don, one. Well, he's yeah. Don Draper. Yeah, well. I mean, to be fair. I mean, but she is, she is, she is Joan, uh, which is, you know, probably the lady equivalent. I'm just saying. I'm just Absolutely. Saying. No, really good-looking. Great, uh, confident. Great attitude, confident. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Secure in their own feelings. She's probably more. She's probably more secure in her own skin, obviously, because she doesn't have a secret of uh, of of her real name being a dead person. Well played. Well played. Sure, John. Uh, Bananas. Uh, We then we hop back to the office after a little more banter between uh, Don and Joan for what I'd like to consider the grossest scene <laughs> ever. Uh, we find a lady, Krishna lady, uh, is, is what, what, what's her Mom, name? Mother Lakshmi. Mother Lakshmi. Uh, she's out at the front desk, John, and she's here to see Harry Crane. And uh, they bring her back, and uh, Harry uh, pulls a smooth move, as he always does, and said, thank you. We just want to interview everybody for a nanny before we pick. Okay, well done. Um, <laughs> what, so you're going to have a hobo watch your kid? God, jeez. Uh, she comes in, and she starts laying the move on Harry Crane. Like, I've never seen it. Now, to be fair, as we t- spoke earlier, she is a prostitute. She knows what she's doing, John. She is a pro. Um, she says such things as, I'm burning for you. Well, I'm guessing she's not burning for Harry as much Does as she's... Does anyone ever burn for Harry? Well, I think she burns for everything as it's the gonorrhea... That probably keeps things uh, a little uncomfortable down there. Am I right, John? That's treatable. Okay. At that time? Oh, yeah. Antibiotics? Sure. Clear that right up for her. I hope Harry Krishna allows that. We just gave him gonorrhea. <laughs> you can't do that. What? <laughs> Who did we give gonorrhea to? You just said she had it. Yeah, she did. <laughs> She's burning. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let that joke die. Uh, uh, so she says that, and then... Uh, proceeds to uh, bend over the desk, which I, John, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is a move. As it seems a bit, it seems a bit strange. Well, did you see how the the post in the office got used as well again? She backs him into it. Oh yeah, yeah. Throws <laughs> throws him into the post. 
Uh, he now he is definitely taken. Now he does say, "Hey, listen, I have a wife," uh, and 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 she throws all the burning at him, and uh, he seems to forget about said wife pretty quick. Jennifer. Now, Jen- Jenna who? <laughs> who knew um, anyone would be that interested in Harry Crane's canon? Well wow. done, well done, John. Well done. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> uh, she's actually not. Uh, but uh, well, do you think it would have been great if if he would if he would have been like, whoa, 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 careful. Careful of the cannon. <laughs> Matt, could, 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 could we add that in next time, please? Uh, no, it's funny because the only, so she, she, she kind of goes for the desk as if, you know, like we're, we're going to do it on the desk and just, just moves his plate of food. Like it's the only thing she moves and then uh, uh, does like a presenting move <laughs> with, with her ass out and says, take me like this. And Harry has no problem with that. He's like, oh, check mark. <laughs> done. done and done and starts reaching for his belt buckle now listen i don't know about you john yeah but if a greasy harry krishna girl walks into my office which i don't have bends over my desk and says take me like this i call right? the police <laughs> you know what i mean you know what i mean yeah that i mean it was a little uh awkward or or, or would you like knock maybe Knock on the door, open it a crack, and ask your uh, 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 ask your girl if she maybe has plastic that we could, you know, just put over the entire room just for a while she's here. I don't know. Or just uh, some spray deodorant. Or just, or even just some Febreze. I'll take whatever you got out that there. That red shawl thing is really creeping me out that she's wearing. Her, her kind of... God only knows what's underneath there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I feel like, you know, if you... Eh, don't they usually carry around incense with them? And for this exact situation, I don't know. because if that skirt comes up, you're going to want to have a whole lot of incense. All right. I'm Moving sorry. On. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're back at the. <laughs> I have to edit that out. We're back the at the uh, at the bar with uh, with Don and Joan, and and it has gotten to the point where um, th- there's been a few a few drinks, maybe a few too many. Uh, they're listening to some some songs. Joan put on the jukebox, and you know they're getting a little friendly. I think some of our listeners might think that they were getting a bit uh, a bit too friendly. I don't flirty, but I think just flirty in the friendly, fun way. I don't think it's like in a. Uh, I, I don't think uh, anything would actually ever happen there. No. I don't know. I thought that was the. I thought that was the great part of the scene is that it makes this a discussion. Was it? You know, was it at all? You know, beyond that. I really don't think so. I, I think they're they're they are an equally matched pair. That doesn't necessarily have anything. I, th- I think it's they have a very they have a very good friendship vibe. They're they're at the same level and they've got a good friendship vibe. John, am I wrong here? No, I agree, but I, I do think that there was just enough of the alcohol and enough of the the Don smirk and leaning in and her blushing. I mean, there was a lot of so. giggling. Yeah, there was a lot of giggling here. And the whole, you know, just the constant compliments about you know you can't ever strike out, you know you're incredibly charming, blah blah, blah blah. This is true. But anyways, it, it was. I just thought it was a great scene. It was very good. We get we get the eyes from um, apparently a guy across the bar, and she's like, "I've been sitting with you all night," and uh, he's like, "Well, it just looked like I struck out." One thing I forgot to bring up, John. Earlier when we were at the bar with these two, Don says, uh, you know, I just don't feel anything for that car. And she's uh, like, well, that's because you're happy. I'm like, no, that's because you're dead. 
I don't know how you could not feel anything for that car, John. Am I wrong? Well, I think that's not true. And when we see him just a minute. Well, driving okay. away, like he's feeling something in that car. Well, you can't. You can't not. I mean, first of all, you're just happy it turns on. <laughs> then. You're happy it doesn't stall. <laughs> happy it doesn't stall. <laughs> but yes, he leaves the bar and we see him driving the, uh, the Jag really pretty, pre- pretty fast. Kate says to me, uh, where where is he driving that 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 because you know he's he's cutting through the gears if if we're not yeah. mistaken he's not driving up 8th avenue you know that much well he i mean you're don draper you drive 8th avenue like you want but so what what did you think of the whole conversation between the two of them as far as the guy you know they look at the guy across the bar and then they start talking about his life his wife you know the the way that it's not working out that you know she's probably not ugly she's just familiar mhm i mean was that I think, I mean, is it just them being, I don't know. Is it them just being, like, kind of overly jaded about things? Well, they took it from opposite sides. You know, Don's like, he doesn't know what he wants, he's just wanting. And she goes, oh, he knows. And that's just how he is. I mean, is that this, just their life experience as well? I mean, I think it's, well, right, it's, their, it's each of their experiences, right? That's Don's experience. You know? He just wanted something other than Betty. But he's saying he didn't know. No, he and didn't she, know what. And she's saying, you know, he knows. I don't think he, he knew what. He, no, clearly he didn't. Because he was just, he was dating every crazy person. Oh, he brought up a Bobby Barrett quote, quote as well. I'm, I, feel like, I feel like we've lost oh, over our conversation right. too much. I like, I like being, being bad and then going home and being good. Man, I miss Bobby Barrett. Who doesn't it, miss Bobby Barrett? Can, yeah. I wish we could take a poll. And he was saying that it was, you know, that that experience was a nightmare, and then she laughs and says, "You enjoyed it every minute." And he uh, he agrees. Oh, he loved it. He loved the Bobby Bear oh, experience. Oh yeah, totally. Oh man, she was a pro. She was a, <laughs> she was a pro in every way. Now let's be fair. Bobby Barrett is a half a step above a Lakshmi. Oh All my right? God. Oh my God. Are you kidding Not me? Only a half a step. When you say half a step, you mean like eighty to a hundred thousand miles straight up? <laughs> You are, no, you are no, you are just... you are a piece of work, my friend. You're a piece of work. Uh, speaking of the Lakshmi, we get back to the scene, uh, uh, and I don't know what it is this season. I swear, every episode they have to gross you out. They have to do something every episode, and you're like, "Whoa, no, no, no!" Well, and in most cases, it's just them showing Campbell. That's the gross out. <laughs> right. uh, well done, uh, bananas. Here's the thing. He, she's, she's there, there apparently, uh, after, after the deed, um, uh, the Lakshmi is sitting at, uh, at Harry's desk and I don't know if this is true, but she grabs, she grabs a, a pack of Dondi wipes Yeah. and apparently gives herself a little once over. <laughs> oh my God. I was I like, just, she lingered over those, uh, those Kleenex so much that I really thought this is the first time she's ever used those. <laughs> Well, this is true. Usually, she just uses this as a soiled towel from um, someone else. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Moving on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gay. But then, they, I mean, I don't think anybody could have seen how this was going, right? Where she, they're done, and now she just completely turns on him. Man, she is, turned. She turned 180. Yeah, she did, did. Did she not? It just calls him disgusting. I mean, that's not the pot calling the kettle. I mean. Okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you, sir. Uh, here's what I don't get. I don't know if I don't know if I completely got 
why she uh, why she even bothered saving Kinsey because she clearly doesn't like him, right? Yeah. Uh, he's just good at recruiting, so she's gonna come in there and make sure that um, that Crane doesn't help him out. I that yeah, I thought it was maybe a little weak on the plot line, yeah. but that's I what gotta, I got out of it. I gotta say that was because because what how is how is that worth the effort? Well, to be, be fair, it Ooh. doesn't look like she put in a lot of effort. Well, we don't know, John. Here's the thing. Do uh, did did do you think maybe she actually did like Crane or did want to have something with Crane, and then afterwards she just flips it like this to kind of uh, to kind of justify it in her own head? You know what I mean? No. Like like I'm no. I'm going to come at this with a weak excuse, but I for some reason I'm attracted to the, this pudgy guy. No, I really think it's all about the recruiting, which makes it kind of not feel that strong of a, a plot line. I mean, she does give him the old, you know, left hook. Oh, by the way, that After slap she was... she sleeps with him, what? Yeah, it was really strange. It was really weird. Oh, she showed him. Yeah. Like Who's slapping who? The, the, the slap... The slap, I, I don't know what kind of arm strength this, this woman has. I mean, for all we know, she's Juliette Lewis's younger sister. Which and, means she's got quite a Which slap means on that her. she's got an arm on her. But uh, he seemed to take it a little harder than I would have if I was, like, if I was playing that, I wouldn't want people to think I was a, you know, a turd. I might, I might just, I might just kind of move my face a little bit. He pretty much throws his whole head on the ground. Yeah, that that was that was pretty funny. It was, it was, it was a bit, it was a bit much. It was Kaboom! A bit much. That's what they they could have used like the giant cartoon pow from Batman. That Seriously, been perfect. It, it was that comical though. John, can I take you back to the Draper household? Yeah, yeah, the double doors. Well, I don't want to go. I'll tell you what I've got. I tell you what I've got. I've got double doors and an angry Megan. That's right. Don is, you know, he's been driving around town, feeling feeling something for that car, and uh, he's been drinking a little bit. And Megan, who knows that he has a past, clearly, is waiting for him at home, and she hasn't heard from him, and she is miffed, because you don't know what he's been up to. You don't know where he's been at or what he's been doing. So he gets back. We throw a plate of spaghetti at the wall. All I got to say is this, John. Thank God there was no marinara sauce on there. Because if you got to get off that off of the wallpaper and the floor, seriously. And they didn't have shout-out sticks back then. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think that actually is a great uh, sign that this was a premeditated pasta throwing. Exactly. She's just waiting there with, like, the driest pasta she could. It wasn't even cooked. Does this woman know how to make anything other than pasta? I feel like she's seen pasta <laughs> the last she four dinners. She deserves a lot of spaghetti. She's, and you know what? That's a lot of carbs. And if you're just acting all day. But do you think that this was just a, a giant uh, uh, contrast to Betty? You know, who just would be sitting there with a glass of wine and, oh, I'll get you your food. You know, and never questioned anything. Here's what I like about Megan. Here's what I like about Megan, gentlemen. Bananas, I'm going to tell you this right now. She's all about communication. Now, this wasn't her best. This was probably actually her worst. But at least she let Don know that this is, uh, we're not going to be doing this. Homie, don't play that. Homie, don't play that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't play that indeed and hit him with a sock. Uh, she uh, she then says, "I'm I got a plate for you in the oven, and you're gonna you're gonna sit here and eat with me." Don mistakes this in a drunken haze as being kind of like a, a a sexy game, 
<laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yep. No, no, no. Missed that one. Missed. Ah, sorry. Cross signals on that one, pal. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, just, he sits down and uh, slowly eats. She does make a, uh, a kind of... Uh, I, and I kind of, I kind of don't feel like where where did this come from? Where she she says to him that you used to love your work, and you don't anymore. And he says, "Well, it's different. It's different there now. It's not like it was." But to be but to be fair, is it is it really that different? Well, Megan coming or going didn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Banana. What about him? Okay. I mean, it's like, I mean, I think the point was, and that's, this is what, what carries what over about to him? The, How is that a response? <laughs> this, is what, this is what carries over to the end scene, though, <clears throat> is that, you know, she was not in the picture. She was never around. And he was an excellent person who loved his work and got into it. And just because she has left that world, you know, doesn't mean that it should entirely wipe out his love for his work. That was exactly the insight I asked you for. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> That, no, that was that was brilliant. Uh, the, the the next scene we see uh, Lane Price uh, tying his tie in the mirror. He's got a bit of a worried look on his face. Um, he is weaving, he's spinning a web, if as <coughs> as some would say. Uh, next thing we see uh, his wife come into the scene, and she he tells her that they can't go home for uh, they they can't go back to the UK for the holidays because here's the thing. He kind of made that whole Jaguar thing happen. He kind of... Liar, liar, pants on fire. Pants on fire. His pants are probably warmer most times <laughs> than, than, than Mama Krishna. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, so, yeah. Just yet another lie we see him get himself into that I could totally blow up in his face. I was thinking the whole time he was telling her this, okay, if you guys would go to the Christmas party and she says something like, you know, oh, isn't it great that uh, that that Lane kind of made that happen? You're effed, man. You're effed. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. So uh, we then flash back to the office, and Joan got some flowers. Hooray! Now we wondered: were these flowers from Don, just to be nice, or were these flowers from the guy she met? These these were from Don. Oh, these so, were from Don. These were from Don. If you if you read the uh, the note, it says. Your mother did a good job, signed Ali Khan. Oh, right, right, because he had said earlier in the episode that he thought that uh, when he first got there that she must be dating Ali Khan. Right. Who is Ali Khan, John? Uh, Ali Khan was uh, a prince born in 1911, died in 1960. And he, um, he is, uh, that's actually all I got. He's, he's a prince. It was in uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a we got a lengthy bio here on the wiki. Oh well, that's 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 more than I knew. Right, right. Uh, Roger so. delivered these flowers, and it was almost kind of a little. Uh, oh man, I really screwed. I don't, I don't know. Do you think do you think Donner, uh, Roger ever feels like he's kind of screwed things up with Joan, or do you think that he's just too stupid? Uh, it's right down the middle, but I'm leaning towards stupid. Yeah, I can. Uh, kittens. Yeah. Oh, thank you, John. Man, it is difficult, isn't it? <laughs> What, for bananas? No, oh, bananas. We uh, speaking of bananas, bananas, bananas. We we see uh, in the next scene. Uh, Paul and uh, Crane are meeting up again at a at a diner, and surprisingly, the douchiness of the douchey Crane 
does a great thing. I think Crane does the the best version uh, of this scenario that that he could possibly pick. He he tells Paul Kinsey, he's like, listen, uh, you know, this is. Uh, I, I showed it to the guys at NBC. They f and love it, but because of some circumstances, you know, you can never call them. <laughs> you can that was never, great. That you was can great. never reach out to them. They all died in a fire. Um, but here's the thing. I believe I'm going to invest in you, pal. I think you've got great work here. Here's did you give him five hundred dollars? Yep, five hundred dollars. Here's five hundred dollars. Go to L.A. It's beautiful out there. You can start a I mean, new it's life. It's brilliant. He gets rid of Kinsey. He does yeah. a nice thing for his friend. I mean, well, and then and the thing was that Paul had stated how unhappy he was. This oh, was totally. not his life. You know, he had tried it. He did all the chanting, but it's not his thing. He's not as happy as that group that was in there. No, and, he's ready uh, to get out of there. He, yeah, he's, it's not. It's not. It's not work. That's not working for him either. And I feel like this guy needed a big change. He was getting sucked in by this crazy, dirty lady who Crane happened to have sex with accidentally. So he doesn't want him to find out about that, obviously. Uh, so he tells, he tells uh, Paul that he has to just, listen, pal, you can't go back. You can't tell anybody. You can't call anybody. you got to get on the bus. you got to get on the train. And you got to get out of town. And I think he's going to do that, right? I think he's going to do it too. I yeah. think I think he kind of realized that too. It's like New York is not working out. My life is a complete shit show. Let's just get out to California <laughs> and start over. And you know what? He may be, you know, because it, it, it almost showed a glimmer of something with Paul Kinsey. Because like when he was talking about his his screenplay and uh, and, and and how how people would relate to it, like he he understood right, like how Star Trek worked in essence or how a story should work, right? Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't be writing it, but maybe he should be helping producing it. You know what I mean? All right. Like, he, he, and, and, and listen, I feel like I'm being overly kind here. He's an idiot. But <laughs> uh, he may be able, able to fit into a different part of the entertainment industry uh, that, that he may be good at uh, rather than writing, and he has a much better chance of falling into that out there than he does here. So, and if nothing else, he'll get better clothes. Well, and he'll get away from that dirty, dirty runaway whore. Moving on, uh, we get to uh, oh, the big announcement, John. Take me through it. So the partners get together outside before they make the big announcement inside, but we find a little bit of a downer. It turns out Mohawk Airlines is pulling out of their uh, their promise because they went on uh, strike. The the planes didn't go on strike, but their uh, their labor mechanics. force did. The mechanics did, and so that was going to be a blow to the advertising budget. Mm -hmm. And this uh, this really blows uh, Lane's thought for a moment. Like, ah, oh, man, what's going to happen now? Um, but they decided to go ahead and offer the well, bonuses. They, well, they have to. They have to. They have to offer the offer the bonuses now, but they do decide that the partners will defer theirs and they'll just do the lower staff. So yeah, I guess this is this is something where he's going to get caught because he's already cashed in his. Uh huh. All right. Oh. Well, I mean, this possibly. This is not going to go unnoticed. This is not going to go unnoticed. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing: the only person that could possibly notice would be Joan. No one else is looking at the books. 
Right. And unless they really hit hard times, be it that, you know, obviously Mohawk's not going to bring any more money. If Jaguar works out, maybe they'll have enough money to float by. I think they all realize that Jaguar is not a money-making opportunity. Jaguar is clearly just a a name opportunity. Yeah, prestige. It's clearly just prestige. You don't get paid for that. Um, and it's but, great that we see the, the two sides of the the partnership here. We, Lane makes his announcement. No one even understands what he says. Yeah. Roger jumps in. You're getting Christmas bonuses. We're not. Big round of applause. <laughs> Everybody loves that. And then Pete jumps it. Like we got, uh, you know, we have a chance at Jaguar. Uh, no applause. Don, you know, with like a you know, pseudo Braveheart moment. It was ridiculous. Where, was it not? Right. He We're takes gonna, his coat off. <laughs> I mean, had he been on a horse when he was making Seriously. this speech? Oh, they should have put they should have put great. the like adamant paint the on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been amazing. I mean, everything was anything except rolling up his sleeves. I mean, it was like it was inspiring, was it, it not? Was. Though. Yeah, and I think I mean, this is this here's is what. The thing. If you're gonna tell the entire staff that they need to pretty much stay over Christmas and work, it better be pretty inspiring. Right, right. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you can't just be like, "Hey guys, uh, we're gonna give you uh, twenty-five extra dollars this season, and you gotta work all Christmas anyway." See you out there. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the cookies. They're stale. But it is very inspiring, and you know the. I think as the audience was supposed to see that some of this came from his interactions with Megan during this episode. Totally. You know, by her saying that you know you used to love what you did, and also, you know, I don't think we can all give all the credit to Megan. Like this has been brewing. There's been a lot of people telling him that he's been slacking. Yeah. From Cooper to Pete to Megan to you know, I mean, it's people have had to hit him a few times. This wasn't an overnight. Like, oh, that's right, I don't give a shit anymore. No, 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 no. I mean, everyone has had to tell him. And now he looks like he's embraced it. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Well, I think when he was driving the car, he was like, okay, like, I can kind of feel how I can get behind this, you know? He felt something. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, John, that's the end of the episode. We just uh, pretty much leave with Lane looking... Little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a little, and a very soft Christmassy song, because oh, nice. that's uh, you know we'll probably be, well, I don't know you know in the past we've gone really slowly through the holidays you know several episodes very close together, as I far think... as like a you know near Thanksgiving and then because the last one was Thanksgiving, and then first week in December probably right. Christmas and then New Year so we'll see but we could easily be into the next year at the next episode. Who knows? These guys are crazy. All I know is that both Kate and I do not want to get into the 70s. No. Well, if there's only two uh, two seasons left after this, we could be we could avoid it. Two seasons? Yeah. Well, that's true. They they didn't move very fast through the late 60s, did they? No. No. Yeah, we're getting hold awful on, close. Hold on to this decade for uh. as long. <laughs> As you possibly can. Plus, and if I'm not mistaken, for being it's 66, right? We're in 60. Yeah, we're in December of 66. Okay. Do you feel as if maybe the fashion has been has they, they've only just barely shown us some of the really crappy I mean, stuff? The, to be honest, 60s fashion was was pretty horrible. Most of it. Yeah. A lot of it. But 70s fashion mm. is so much worse. Can you imagine Don <laughs> wearing like a leash? Let's hope that they hang on to a lot of those clothes from the 60s. Oh, my God. Own. 
Well, I because... see a lot of frosted lipstick and eyeshadow in our oh, future, and no. I just can't. I just can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I feel like you know we saw Don in his you know uh, leisure kind of sport jacket, which was the plaid. Oh, the which plaid, was, which the was yeah. altogether terrifying. I don't know if I could take like a, a leisure suit kind of situation. Um, I don't know, John. I let's listen. You know what? Time goes on. Things happen. We're just gonna have to roll with the punches, but I'll tell you what—it's it's an hour and twelve minutes in. I know we got about six hours of mailbag. Can you open that bitch up? Well, you do the opening. I'll do the reading. All right. Yeah, we, yeah. We'll, we'll go through these. We got our friend Beth. Right. Hello. Um, and she actually says that back fat is now commonly referred to as lardo. Uh, I think you're supposed to wrap meat or other foods in Hold on. Lardo. Hold on. Yeah. I think Betty is commonly referred to as Lardo. Hey, no. come on. That's right. Okay. I'll be here all week. Uh, she also doesn't understand why Betty only had one Brussels sprout for Thanksgiving. One. She could have had the entire bowl. And what if they made bugle-flavored Brussels sprouts? What if they did? Now, listen, John, that's a technology that we are, we are not able to foresee at this point. Uh, so thank you for that, Beth. Kevin from Austin, Austin, Texas, writes in great podcast as always. I saw the uh, saw this in GQ, and this is on the Facebook kind of a, a provocative picture of uh, Trudy. Oh, uh, which we I, we don't really see her, you know, in very provocative uh, outfits. No. You know, much more simple usually. Sure. So feel free to check that out on the Facebook. Okay. Uh, thanks for the great show and all the effort you put in. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Ed writes in, hi boys, you just listen to your cast, you two are the best. Thoughts about your comments on Roger um, having that that wad of money, always that $1,100 that he's paid a few people. And uh, saying that, you know, yes, in fact, that is about $28 million in today's money. Um, <laughs> but also that uh, my wife has used Weight Watchers. Uh, it's worked very happy with the program and found the episode Last year, last week, to show that Weight Watchers really hasn't changed much, which is a little scary. It's a big ad for Weight Watchers. Big ad for Weight Watchers. Eileen uh, in Virginia writes in, uh, Hi, guys. I have been loving the fabulous recaps of this season. Here's what I want to know about Pete's pursuit of Rory Gilmore. Uh, you know, where is Shruti with all of this? You know, wouldn't Shruti know the city? You know, pretty much be like the Kazka PTA chief. Uh, wouldn't you think that she would, you know, have a squadron of women friends looking here and there and reporting in? I agree with you there, but uh, you know what? She has a very young child. Yes. So I don't think she's entered the community. She hasn't been plugged into the social pipeline yet. All right. Okay. Yeah, I think the play dates will probably open that up mm-hmm. as the kid gets older. Sure. Our friend Aisha Portland, Oregon, writes in. Not to dwell on um, on the show, but how could you not? I was thinking about Betty and her current eating issues. Uh, in the era they are in with the whole Twiggy thing, you know, apparently Thin was in. Uh, after doing some research, there was a surge of eating disorders in women during the 60s. Do you think they're going to give Betty bulimia? We can only hope. <laughs> oh, come on. No. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. That's too no, much. That was no. Okay, moving on. Uh, our friend John writes in from John from Cincinnati. Uh, thanks for using the letter. Uh, last episode, perhaps we're missing something about the snowball pitches. What he was saying was that, you know, are you worried that the... And I think this is answered a little bit at the end of this show. But are you worried that the the company as a whole is going in towards mediocrity? And he wasn't really impressed by either one of those pitches last week. It was like, you know, is is the company kind of just middling in not the greatest work? Well, I think you know, unfortunately, they're kind of missing out on some uh, probably some key creative direction. 
because John's not really. I mean, he tried a little bit on that last pitch, but I don't feel like he's putting in the time that he used to or the thought. Right, and and it looks like that may be turning around. Yeah, I think I think we'll see that whip around here. And uh, I still say Ginsburg is a total douche. He doesn't respect anything and has no charm to make that tolerable. Okay, you are wrong. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that. All right. Uh, Shannon, Tulsa, Oklahoma writes in. I was so surprised that you uh, responded to my email um, about sounding like Dr. Drew. So she thinks that I do sound like Dr. Drew and has nothing to do with you sounding like Adam Carolla because she was unaware of the Loveline show. That makes no sense. You were, okay, what's her name? Shannon. Shannon, listen to me. I'm talking to only you now. You were aware of that show. We were all aware of that show. <laughs> John and I are an unfortunate copy of that show, <laughs> except we talk about Mad Men. Moving on. Our friend, Dr. Phil, in Florida. Ah, hey, man. It writes in, you guys rock. It occurred to me. That your show has the same energy as the brothers that do the car talk on NPR. If only Mad Men could continue forever like cars, you probably would never have to work again. We don't get paid at all. (laughs) We don't get paid at all. Oh, my God. Uh, We'll go to his Dark Shadows comment. The older generation was putting the younger generation in their place, mostly driven by the seniors' feeling of inadequacy. I couldn't agree more. You know, Don was knocking down Ginsburg, uh, Roger, it really couldn't take the fact that a, a young, attractive guy was hitting on his ex-wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of feelings of inadequacy. No, I mean, that's Permeated that thing. No. Um, also, Betty's behavior after seeing the younger Megan almost in the buff. You know, what What do you think about all that? Absolutely. Insecurity is a huge part of it. Oh, my God. I Well, clearly. How, how, how could you not? Uh, friend Don in Michigan writes in, hey guys, great podcast, never miss it, want to point out a bit of obscure trivia, this was kind of neat, so the, uh, the Ali Khan, the prince, mm-hmm. um, his, uh, he owned horses, and um, a, a, a stable owner in Louisville named Lucille Marquis, who apparently was a, a big deal, and uh, so fond of the Pakistani prince that she would call him Ali Darling, uh, which led to her name of the horse, Ali Dar, who finished second place in all three Triple Crown races, two affirmed the last horse to win the Triple Crown in 1978, although it could happen again. Two down, one to go, for I'll have another. Check your show times for the last race. And I don't know if you know this, all of that actually inspired Allie G. <laughs> Shasha Baron Cohen. Nicely guy. done. Okay. Uh, Donna in Chicago writes it. I'm wondering if the materialism issue will be a bigger source of friction between Donna and Megan. You know, the apartment being trashed early, Megan's father critical of how they're living. Uh, Megan admitting to a friend that it's luck that she's in such a nice place. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's more. I think that just goes with the territory. Of what? Of having stuff. All right. You know what I mean? Like that just that's just that's just gonna. You have a really nice apartment. People are gonna do that to you. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, just just goes with the territory. That's just something they've. And I, I don't think it. I mean, I think they're just they're. It's not that they, I don't think they think of it that way. But yeah. I don't think that they, I, I don't think that they're overly offended by it. All and right. Just, you know. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, friend Denise from Brunersburg writes in, been thinking too much about the Paul Harry reunion last night. You know, was there a mirror in their relationship to Don's search for who he really is or was before Megan? Was everyone looking for themselves? What do you think? I could disappear down a rabbit hole in that one, but <laughs> I'm going to have to defer to you. 
Well, yeah, I mean, everybody, that's the whole point of the show. You're always looking for what makes you happy, uh, trying to trying to figure it out. Wait a minute, John. Did you just come up with it? That's that's the that's the reason why we're here. That is that the rabbit hole. That's the, oh my god. Moving on. Mike in Oklahoma writes, a long-time listener, first-time commenter, just wanted to say about the Christmas waltz. Very much enjoyed the uh, ultra-sexy James Bond-esque scenes with Don and Joan and the Jaguar dealership and later at the bar. Elaine's money's trouble was kind of interesting, again, as the catch-me-if-you-can sort of way. And uh, off the Harry Crane train, uh, he later redeemed himself by helping out Kinsey. He, uh, the, the whole thing about, oh, he calls uh, the, the woman Mother, Mother Lacks Soap. Uh, attractive is beyond dumb. It was uh, pretty gross. Oh, that and, was uh, so gross. I, yeah. I ooh. Cool. Uh, <laughs> love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Our friend Craig, Tokyo, Japan, writes in. Enjoying hey, your stellar podcast as always. I uh, cannot can feel, conceal my feelings of impending doom any longer. While everyone in the podverse and Intertron have been taken in by Miss Megan's toothy grin. Uh, fabulous personality. I have serious reservations from the time she uh, accepted Don's proposal. My spidey sense has been tingling like cray ever so- ever since. Uh, <laughs> Betty Betty Monster is childish and needy, and she pouts while Megan shows flashes of a serious mean streak. Megan has a oh, hair no, trigger no, and no, once no, escalated no, no. throws what verbal What show low are blows. you watching, man? I, I'm just I'm reading the thing. Hey, I don't know. Did, now, did they broadcast a different show in Japan, pal? Because let me say this, you're not what? She does. She doesn't. She doesn't ever get mean. She just. It, she just stands up for herself. She has not been mean. John has she been mean in the entire? What, this is getting a little serious. I'm sorry. This isn't meant to be serious. But John has she gotten mean in the show? No. I. I mean. I don't think she's ever been spiteful. You know. She's no. never been that way. No. Everything she deals with Don, she's always like, "Listen, you're flying off the handle. Calm it down." That's her attitude. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I think I'm that, sorry. Listen, man. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you have seen something I cannot see. I really do. But I, 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 I'm going to have to disagree. Respectfully. <laughs> well, and I, I, I have to agree with that. I don't think she's ever been mean, spiteful, underhanded. It, it absolutely, everything has been standing up, trying to make it work in a good way. Yeah. And, it, you know, if she has to get tough, okay. Hey. When it going gets rough, man. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Margo writes in from Indiana. That subplot with Paul Kinsey and Harry Krishna is just kittens. Thank you. <laughs> well, here's the th- Yeah, I think I read that today, and I, I, I laughed much the same that I did just now. But here's the thing. Uh, I liked... I'll tell you why isn't, it isn't completely kittens. Okay? Because it was kind of nice to see what happened to that douchebag, Kinsey. Am I right? That he just fell off a cliff. Did everybody like when Kinsey turned around with that the, the damn ponytail? There must have been a collective like, oh, right, <laughs> right. Absolutely. I don't know. So it's I, I'm not going to call that completely kittens, but I'm going to call completely kittens. Um, uh, 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 Crane doing the nasty with Mama Lakshmi. Yeah, completely. Now, now that you might even kittens. have to come up with a new common word for that. Banana, that is kittens gross. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, yeah, Colin from Jackson's Heights, New York, writes in another great episode this week. Uh, thinks Christmas Waltz is the best of the season so far. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, it thinks that you know, most, mostly Don has been a little bit you know, under 
underwhelming, and the backstories haven't been that compelling. Thought that it was interesting that Weiner and Company introduced the Krishna consciousness in this episode. Uh, one of the main holy books of Krishna consciousness is the Bhagavata Gita. It tells right. the story of a, a warrior who is conflicted over whether he should go to war against his own family. Asks Krishna for guidance. Who tells him he should fight because he must follow his true nature. I think it's interesting that Paul has become a Krishna devotee, but is still basically the same self-absorbed idiot from the earlier seasons. Don, on the other hand, seems to have followed the advice of Krishna and is returning to his true nature, the dedicated ad man. And yeah. I agree. I agree with Paul. You, Paul, not Kinsey. Exactly. For I, a I minute, I thought he was talking about me. That he, that I don't think this means Don goes back to sleeping around. No. Just that he's been distracted from what he's always, what has always been his true calling in the ad world. Looks like he's back. Looking forward to hearing your takes on the episode. Thanks for the podcast, Colin. Uh, You're welcome. You. Absolutely. And, uh, yes, one last one. One last one. Uh, Mike writes in, you know, he, he had written in that also, yes, that was the grossest uh, thing that he'd ever seen. That, uh, in fact... No one wants to see Harry Crane do anything like that ever again. Really? Yes. What about what about Paul? What about Paul? Oh, that just came in. Paul R. just came in. Just barely slipped in in time. Uh, I well remember being a young man in San Francisco in the quote summer of love. Those quote cult girls would bend over backwards to recruit. Hey yo. Well, it was funny because she actually bent the other way. She actually that's, bent forward. Uh, yeah. Paul. I don't listen. He, Easier on the spine. We're splitting hairs here, John. Here we go. Okay. I think that'll knot it up. That will. Oh, my God. I'm exhausted, John. Yes. Uh, Bananas. Oh, man. (laughs) You had a tough time with this one. You did great with the kittens. I did do well with the kittens. This bananas one was really hard. I here's I'm really used to saying your name. (laughs) And I don't think it's that annoying. Listeners, you know, here's the thing. We've written in about the annoying things I do. <laughs> First, it was crunching on the ice. Uh, we've had many listeners write in about me saying John Bananas too much. Uh, there was the whole Paul says stupid too much. Yes, the uh, Sherbert pronunciation. Moving on. We've, we say moving on too much. Oh, I say Sherbert wrong. <laughs> Oh man! Seriously, what what kind of worthless jackass do you have to be to write into iTunes and say uh, if you're easily annoyed, don't listen to this podcast? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you're gonna take time out of your day? I'm sorry, John. That's all right. We're gonna end this on a high note, though. Oh, I'm we sorry. Got, yes, we got a lot of great comments on the iTunes as well. It was not just a couple of people. This is true. That had some downside. And, I don't want to linger. Really, I don't want to linger on the negative. Not at all. We want to stick with the positive, and there's been a ton of positive this season, even this week, and we really appreciate it. We've gotten so many reviews. I think we've even doubled our reviews since uh, since just this season started. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a lot of people have been involved, and the vast majority have been very complimentary. We appreciate it. And if you want to leave a comment, you can find us at Mad Men Recap on iTunes. Yes, you can, John. Uh, we also have a website. It's called uh, MadMenRecap.com. We've gotten some great comments on the uh, on the uh, website. I, just just one here. I want to I want to give a shout out to Jeff. He thinks we should do a daily show. I said Jeff. That's uh, no, uh, but he did say. P.S. Thanks for the show. It brings joy to my life, John. And really, that is our goal here. 
That's to really bring joy. That's, that's amazing. Jeff, that's that nice is that, the heart, heartfelt from John and I. We are glad we can bring the, even any joy to any, anyone's life. So, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, and we've had we had a few other folks. I actually responded today. Uh, so uh, run back to their website and see what stupid thing I said. Uh, we also have uh, the tweeters, John. How now, fun John, was that? Oh, man, I wish I'd been there. J- John has the opportunity to do the tweeters a bit more than I do. He has access to the cable TV. Um, but we have a great time. I'd say one every two times I'm there. John's there every time. Um, and uh, you can find us. We live tweet the show. Uh, it's Mad Men Recap on the tweeters. Look us up. With the, our, uh, our avatar is the same as our album out. Same as our album art, so it's easy to uh, it's easy to find and recognize us. Um, I think John, may, did you mention we're on the Facebooks as well? You just did. Uh, we are Mad Men Recap on the Facebooks. You can email us, and as you know, we will read your email. And what's funny is I say this every show, John, and we always get emails that are like, "Thanks for thanks for responding to my mail." We will respond, and when I say we, I mean John, and we will read it on the show because we read them all. So uh, you can reach us there at staff at madmenrecap.com, John. Bananas. I think that's that's it. One last thing, folks, and I'm I'm supposed to mention this at the end of every show. If you um, don't like to listen to the show uh, via iTunes and you can't get to our um, website, you can also use stitcherradio.com. I think it's stitcher.com is the actual web address. Or you can just search on Google for Stitcher Radio. Um, it's a great place. You can download their app on the um, on the Android or the iPhone, and you can listen to our show there. Uh, we've had I've checked it out. We've had, you know, we've we've had a few listeners that use Stitcher. So um, give it a shot if you uh, if you just need to listen to us on the fly. I believe the app is free, and uh, it's it's a great way to hear our show. So I think that'll do it, pal. Nicely done. Oh my God, I'm exhausted. Uh, hey, Kate, thanks for being on the show. No problem, guys. <laughs> what what happened? She doesn't. She was taking too long. <laughs> she didn't want to hang around for the for the emails and the and the and all the you know Facebook. That's okay. She, stuff. She's got to rest that voice. We understand. She does. It's a beautiful voice. It needs as much rest as possible. John. Bananas. Jananas. Pajamas. Ugh. Good night. I'm gonna go. Bye, pal. Bye. Bye. Bye.